What is up, everybody? Welcome back. In this video, I have a little tutorial for you. We are going to look at levels adjustments and some really powerful things you can do with a pretty simple tool. And most of you might be familiar with levels adjustments. If you're in an image editor, it's a tool that allows you to make global adjustments across your image in two ways. One, you can adjust contrast in the image. How black are your blacks? How white are your whites? And what does the contrast in the midtones look like? And it also allows you to manipulate color. And the second part, when you're talking about color, is something that I don't see a lot of people doing. There's some really powerful things you can do. And so I want to jump right in. Before we get into the ninja moves here, I do want to talk about the levels adjustment tool and how it works. So right now I am in Capture One. And if you were working in Capture One also, you were going to find the levels tool. Over on the left hand side is all of your adjustment tabs. And if you go to the exposure tab, which is this fourth one over, you are going to find it. If you scroll down, you'll see the levels adjustment down here. And if you don't see it here, you can add it. If you right click anywhere in here and you can say add tool and you can go up and select levels. So anyway, once you have this up, this is what it looks like. You have a histogram that runs down the middle and there are three lines here and these are the adjustments that we are going to make. Now typically when you were in image editing there are three areas of the image that we refer to on a global scale. There's the shadows and this is the darkest part of your image. We have the highlights. These are the brightest parts of your image and the midtones fall between and typically when you adjust your midtones that's how you're going to adjust the overall global contrast of the image. And so that's what these represent. Over on the left hand side this is your shadows and you see those in the histogram. And your midtones are in the middle, your highlights are all the way on the right. You're going to see this little orange arrow that jumps around like a seismograph or something in the middle. And what that's doing is when I move my cursor over various parts of the image, it's showing me where that is on the histogram, which could be useful if you're trying to figure out if there's some shadow detail that you want to recover, highlight detail or something like that, or if you know a midtone point that you want to move to. The other thing to note here is in Capture One, the histogram that is on the Levels tool is static. It is not dynamic. If I zoom out, you're going to see that there is a global histogram up here. This one is dynamic. So for instance, if I crush the living daylights out of my blacks here, you're going to see that that histogram flattens out, whereas the one that is the overlay on the histogram, or sorry, the levels tool stays static. So that is really nice too, because you can see if you've swallowed some shadow detail, it's not moving around on you. You can see where it is to get it back. So this is how this works. Basically, you have these three lines in here, and on the bottom are these little hooks that you can grab onto and move. And if I move these, for instance, all the way over on the left, this is my shadow. So if I move this in, what's going to do is it's going to darken up all the shadow detail in the image. I'm going to do something really drastic with it uh, until you take it over to where there's pretty much no dynamic range left. Um, and if I move the one on the right towards the center, you're going to do the same with the highlights. You're really going to brighten up that image and start to blow out highlights. And then the one in the middle, typically we use this when we adjust midtones to control contrast. And so if I move this to the right, you're going to see the contrast in the image increase. And if I move it to the left, you're going to see the contrast in the image decrease. So it opens up all the highlights and the shadows together at once. And if any time I need to reset this in Capture One, there is a little reset tool. It's this little arrow that goes back here and I can just click that. Or if you want to do a quick before and after, and I'm going to do a lot of this in this tutorial, I can hold down the Option key or Alt if you're on the PC, and then just hold down the Reset button and it temporarily resets it. So I can just do a before and after kind of thing, which is very handy to have. And those are on each one of these tools, actually. So it's really cool. If you just want to turn off your Levels adjustments, you can do that. And so what we are doing is we are making Levels adjustments on this global level here across the image. There are two more handles on the top that we can control too. There's one on the left-hand side. And if I move this over, what this does is this adjusts my black point output level. And so what I'm doing is you can see how the image starts to fade out and look milky. It's raising up the output level for the blacks in the image. So um, it's going to make sure that they don't go below a certain gray. And you can do the same for the highlights where you 
make sure that white is not exactly pure white. This is particularly useful in printing. So if you're printing an image on paper and you've got like a white background and you still want to see where the edge of the paper is, where the mat would lie, then you can make it so it's not exactly a pure white. So that's one thing that can be handy. You can also brighten up your image if it's too dark using the output levels. But we're actually going to use them in the color adjustments too. So now that you kind of see how the levels tool works here, you're going to notice that we have had this little RGB tab selected this whole time. That means that we're doing it globally to all three color channels. We can also do this on a per channel basis. So we have red, we have green, and we have blue. So what this does is it allows us to make adjustments on a per channel basis. And so what we can do is only affect the red channel or the green channel, or the blue channel. And this is where a lot of power comes into play. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to select the red channel. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to adjust the midtone. So we're going to adjust the contrast in the red channel. Now, if I decrease the contrast in the red channel, you are going to see that in fact the image does become very red because I'm adding a bunch of reds into the midtones. If I increase the contrast, so if I move this towards the right hand side, you're going to see that it does the opposite. You're going to say, Ted, that's not red. That is like light blue. Actually, it is cyan. And what you're seeing here is that actually we have two colors that we're balancing out in each channel. And so the opposite of red in our RGB model here would be cyan. The opposite of green in the green channel would be magenta and the opposite of blue would be yellow. So we are actually able to manipulate six different colors and achieve a balance between those, not only on a global level, but also just in the shadows, just in the highlights, or we can affect the midtones, or we can mix and balance therein. And this is where this gets really powerful. So let's say just with our example image here, this was, I, I shot this outdoors in the, it was in autumn. And let's say that it, I want to make this feel warmer or cooler. Well, there's a ways we can adjust this. If I go over to the blue channel, and this is where a lot of the power is going to happen. If Let's just say we're just going to adjust the highlights. So the light in here, it's kind of towards the end of the day, and we've got kind of a yellow light coming anyway, and I really want to cool it down. I want this image to feel a lot colder. What I'm going to do is I'm going to add some blues into my highlights. And so that's probably a little too drastic. We're going to back off. A lot of these adjustments, you're going to realize that subtlety is the key. So I have made this feel a lot cooler, and so I'm going to bring that back. Now the opposite, if I want to add yellow into my highlights or warm them up, what I'm going to do is I'm going to adjust the output level on the highlights, and this is going to be at the top. And so what I'm going to do is just my output level. I'm going to bring that down, and you can see that what I'm doing is I'm adding yellow. So that makes them warmer. Now, one thing I will say about warming up an image or cooling down an image is you're probably saying, Ted, you can do this in the white balance, and you're right, you can. But what we're doing is we're actually applying this on a color level, which allows us to have a little more finite control over it. And I think just using one channel to do anything is going to give you kind of a one-dimensional result. I kind of prefer to use two if I can. So what I want to do is if I want to make this image cooler, I'm going to add some blues to the highlights a little bit, but I also want to add some cyans in there as well because that's actually more what the color of the sky is going to be. And you can see that that has an effect. So what we're going to do is add a little bit of blue. And remember, cyan is the opposite of what? It would be red. So we're going to go into the red channel and I'm going to adjust the output level this time because I don't want to add red. I want to add cyan. So we're going to bring that in just a little bit and you can see that that cooled up the image quite a bit. It's a lot cooler now. So if I do a quick before after, I'm going to alt click on the reset button and there's before, here's after, before, after you can see it cooled it down quite a bit. Let's reset that and let's warm it up this time. So remember, I don't want to add just one channel. So what we're going to do is we're going to add some yellows from the blue channel. And I'm also going to add some reds in because red and yellow will kind of equate to orange. And that's kind of what I'm going for here. So what we'll do is we'll go to the blue channel. We want to not add blue. We want to add the opposite yellow. So I'm going to adjust the output level at the top. 
and we're going to bring in so make those a little more yellow and then I'll go over to the red channel and then what we want to do is add red so I'm not going to adjust the output this is the red channel so we'll just the uh, the highlights here and there we are warming it up so that's a lot warmer so if I do a quick before and after alt click before after before after I am able to control the warmth of the image now I'm just affecting the highlights perhaps you want to work on the shadows you need to warm up your shadows or your midtones you have all of those options here in the levels tool let's take this a step further one of the things that is important to me in terms of how I interpret color in the images that I make is that I come from the film era and film had a huge impact on the way that I want colors to look in the end and it's interesting because I think we're at a point right now now where there's a lot of photographers who fall into the same category. So emulating what we see in film is actually something that is difficult to do in the digital world because technically we have more dynamic range out of cameras than we used to. We have more color options and it, it's constantly improving as time moves forward. And so what we're having to do is kind of go backwards a little bit because you have to remember that film was a physical motion with a chemical process that was added to it. And it was never perfect as much as like I think engineers in those days were always trying to create more quote unquote accurate colors, the reality is, is that film was always an interpretation of what we would see in the real world. And that's not a bad thing at all. I think that's a really important thing. And I think in terms of the way I edit images, I always want color to be there for a reason. I don't want it just to be a flat color image. I want the colors to do something. And so a lot of times there is kind of a film look that I want to have that's in place. And back in its heyday, there were literally hundreds of film types that you had at your disposal that you could purchase. And now it's a lot less, but you still have options. But Knowing what you're going for in terms of different looks can be important. And I'm going to switch over to another image because we have a lot of shadows here. And for instance, there are Kodak emulsions that give kind of what people consider to be a Kodak look. And there's actually a couple different ones. But if you take something like Portra or even like a cinema film like Vision 3, and they have a little bit of a magenta cast in the shadows uh, at times. And then also they're kind of also known for their kind of creamy rich highlights. So you have some little bit of yellow highlights and you have some magenta shadows. So if I take an image and I want to interpret it and give it a little bit of that Kodak look, that's one of the things that I can do. So what I'm going to do is go to my green channel and I'm going to grab the output, sorry, I'm going to grab the, um, the the shadows level here because this will give us magenta in our shadows. Now if I crank these up, they just flat go purple and that's not what we want. We just want a slight magenta cast. So I'm going to bring in just a little bit. And then the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give it the creamy highlights by going to the blue, adjusting the output because I want yellow, not blue. So we're going to bring that out just a little bit. And I might go to my red channel and bring in just a little bit of reds at the top too, just to balance that out. That's going to go a little bit orange, but you know, it'll warm it up. Okay, so more or less, this is the look we're going for. So if I do a quick before and after, here's before and here's after. Yeah, I've kind of Kodakified this image. Is that a word? Kodakified? Anyway, I've given it something that's a little more of a Kodak look. Now, I can tell you right now, just looking at this, it's probably a little too intense, and I'm telling you guys, a little bit goes a long way. So if you're going to add a little bit of magenta cast to your shadows, just add a little. It's it, it, it gets intense really quickly. The other thing that you might notice on here, too, is this is an image that was taken on one of my Fuji cameras. Excellent cameras, but the dynamic range and the contrast is nothing like what film looked like. So what I might want to go back and do is go out to my RGB channel, so all of them together. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to raise the output a little bit on the shadows, probably to around seven or eight. Just give it a lift there. I might add just a little bit of contrast in here. So what I'm doing is I'm essentially decreasing the dynamic range and I might bring my highlights down just a hair. And this is a really quick way to emulate more of a film look. Uh, just using the levels. And I might go in and add some grain to this if I really want it to look like film, but I typically don't do that in digital. But 
But anyway, um, if I do a quick before and after, uh, let's see, let's alt click on the reset here. There's before, there's after. So now I'm starting to get more of a film look. I might even want to lift those even more. And uh, it's a little too high, and this is kind of a, a kind of a shadow-heavy image anyway. But anyway, I'm starting to get that look, and that's kind of one of the Kodak looks. You know, there's there's other looks too. Like for instance, Ektar kind of has a little bit more green tint to the shadows, than, you know, which would be opposite magenta. So if I go back into my green channel, let's take out the magenta and let's add a little bit of green in there, just a little bit. Now I start to get more of an Ektar look, and I'm probably going to let's take the yellows out of the highlights, and I had some reds in there too. And so now we have kind of a green look to this. And if I do a quick before and after, you're going to see that we've kind of ectorfied, ectarfied. I'm making up words right and left. But anyway, I made this look a little more like Kodak Ektar. Now, um, Ektar doesn't have that light of contrast to it. So I'm, and remember, I'm not emulating a specific film stock. I'm just giving it a direction in that look in just kind of this global sense. So I'm just kind of pushing it in that direction. You can go emulate film stocks, but what I'm trying to show you guys how to do in here is to use a really simple tool like a levels adjustment to go go in and start tailoring the image and balancing it out to what your subjective idea of what that image is going to be. Or as I've said over and over in the past couple videos, what is your intention as a photographer? It's a really important thing to remember because the more experience you have with this, there's going to be an intent to what you're doing and the way you want it to look in the end. Another interesting look you could go for is something like Fuji Velvia, which had a slight blue cast in the highlights and a lot of saturation. It was a very saturated film stock. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to add some blues to my highlights and and a little goes a long way, there we go. And then what I'm gonna do is bump my saturation up and now we're starting to get into Velvia territory. It would give you really rich blue skies. And it's really interesting, a lot of the Fuji film stocks and how they were developed. Uh, my friend David broke over small side, used to work as a consultant for Fuji back when they were developing a lot of these. And a lot of them were developed to look good under certain weather conditions in Tokyo because it was overcast a lot. And they would come up with a film that would kind of intensify certain things. And of course, then it takes taken out of context, obviously, when it hits the global level, and it's really interesting to see a lot of the different Fuji looks, but that's certainly one you could do. Another one that's kind of interesting is if we look at something like Fuji 160C, which actually had blue highlights and yellow shadow details. So if we go into the blue channel, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add yellows to the shadows just by bringing this over. So we're going to warm up our shadows, and then we want to add a little bit of blue to the highlights. So what I'm going to do is bring this one over like so, and I might even go for a little cyan in there just to balance that out. There we go. Now we start to get like this 160C look to it. And so if I do a quick before and after, here's before, here's after. So the main thing that I hope that you take away from this video is we're using one tool to perform a variety of edits, and I'm showing you different possibilities of what you can do. And we're not using presets to do this. We're understanding how to use the Levels tool to do it. Ultimately, any image editing software provides a lot of different ways to do the same thing. In fact, you can go in and you can just use the contrast slider. You can use the exposure slider. We're using the Levels tool because it's one tool that provides a lot of options with it, not only in terms of the balance in your image, in terms of contrast, shadows, and highlights, but also in color detail as well. And we're actually putting some color casts in to make these emulate sort of some classic film looks. And it's a really interesting exercise to do. And if you get into this habit and try it with some of your own images and try to emulate some of the stuff that you look up to, you're eventually going to start understanding how you can realize your intentions as a photographer. And that is really important, how you come up with a creative vision and how you see that through from start to finish. And that's ultimately the goal with all this stuff. Now, I know I've been working in Capture One and there is no levels tool if you're a Lightroom user. They don't have a levels tool. They have a curves adjustment tool, which we will talk about in a separate video and I'll show you to do some of these same things. But essentially, we've been working with the levels adjustment tool. If you're an Adobe user, they do have one in Photoshop. The only difference is the way they handle the outputs. It's broken 
broken down onto a separate graph. And so you do your output controls from there. But it's other than that, it's the same tool that you see in Capture One. So anyway, give this a shot. Leave me a comment. Let me know your thoughts, what you would like to see in future videos. I want to get into a lot of color adjustment and a lot of editing stuff that's really practical. It's not just presets and how do you do gimmicky things. It's what I'm interested in is how do you really develop a statement as a photographer and a certain look that you want to go for and something I'm pretty passionate about. So anyway, until the next video, I will see you guys then. Later.